you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL podcast has bulked up this offseason. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes. To my left, Christoph Wesseling. To my right, Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Hey. Hey. Wes here in his uh, lab coat. It's kind of disarming me. (laughs) (laughs) You look like a scientist right now. It's kind of a a larger white button-up, but then you have it over a blue polo, Wes, so you do kind of like a hot scientist. I'll give you that. Well, I knew that we were going to be in a colder studio. It's always colder in here, so I just grabbed a white button-down shirt from my chair when I went up here. That's all there was to it. Wow, it's huge. Huge. It's a big shirt. Big shirt, big man. And uh, Greg Rosenthal, too. My right back from his big vacation. Went back east. And don't hide. You went to the vineyard, and you had a nice little week, didn't you? I had a uh, – oh, what is this? What? It's just taking us there to the coast. <laughs> that big blue house, four stories high. Please. <laughs> uh, Private yeah. beachfront view. Spent a couple nights in Boston, actually, with a friend of mine, Dave, and met uh, – some listeners of the show. Oh, he, really? He's a big time listener of the show, but nice. also talked to some other people that, that love the show. Nice. And um, very cool. You know, then went and stayed with my parents for four or five nights. It was great. First time had the whole family together with my son. Was this your East first Coast. time ever on Martha's Vineyard? <laughs> no. Okay. Just wanted to make sure that was out there. <laughs> no, my parents moved there. They retired there about 10, 10 plus years ago. Mm. Well, we missed you while you're gone. You missed a lot. You missed the NFL Media Summit. Yeah, bad timing. You missed the Dodger game. Missed some swag from that, apparently. Some swag. Softball game. And also a little bit of a nuclear fallout. Well, you sent me uh, to my vacation. I meant to text you, too, in such a happy mood because you gave me a game ball right bef- you know, the I night did. before I got on the plane. What a game I Greg had. I was what a way happy. to go into your vacation with a – That's uh, fine. With, a, with a, a great softball performance. I believe. What did you get on, five times? In that game? That's right. Bunch of RBIs, bunch of runs scored. Greg has really um, stamped his place on the lineup. Is now, uh, as the skip, now comes the time we're going to stop pussyfooting here uh, <laughs> halfway through the season and lock in a lineup. And, Wes, I think Greg has made a very strong case to be a regular at this point. But there was a veteran move getting that piece of job security like a game ball right before you go on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> very smart, Greg. Very smart. Good timing for your performance. Anyway. That was right after you put him on notice, too. It wasn't Greg specifically, but <laughs> oh, yes. we read through the line. Yeah, but Greg again. That's you gotta you know which buttons to push. As Skip <laughs> and uh, Greg responded. <laughs> Greg responded. A right. uh, lot to get to today, um, including an issue that Greg had with the wife of an NFL player, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Mm. Uh, we also this is a big episode. 
it's a big episode. You know why? Because we are going to break down players at the crossroads. Uh, and what does that mean? That means pro, high-profile players, stars even, who enter the 2017 season, and there's a fork in the road for their career. They can go one way, which would be a good way, go the other way. Mm. It takes you into some some dark territory. Or they can make a deal with the devil that, that gives them a little juice for the rest of their career. Nice crossroads, ref. Good crossroads, ref. <laughs> uh, so we'll talk about some players that are in kind of a interesting uh, position in their careers entering 2017. That'll be fun. Also, a lot of news to get to because uh, how many teams is it? 30 teams? That's correct. 30 teams have their mini camps this week. So, yeah, a little surprise. For I bet you're a little surprised right now. You said, oh, I thought we didn't have a show till Tuesday. No, no, no. Audible data that. Uh, we, we checked into shotgun formation. We reconfigured some guys, sent a guy in motion. And we're going to do three shows this week. No Mark, by the way. Mark, feeling under the weather, a little food poisoning. Mm. We'll have to do some investigation there to find out if that's connected to the Tom Brady diet. I didn't. Oh, wow. That's a good call. He has been posting a lot of photos from that cookbook, that infernal cookbook. <laughs> While Mark likes to be the super sleuth in <laughs> any scenario, yeah. I think it'd be cool to have the tables turned on him so we sleuth around and see what's really going on with his Tom Brady diet. All right, yeah, I like that idea a lot, Wes. Uh, so, yes, doing all that. And uh, before we start, we get our one more show. Well, we'll see. <laughs> what, what do you mean by that? At least one more show. Emma VP behind the glass. We did a great jo- job on Thursday. It was kind of a hybrid show where we had Damashek in uh, for Greg and then Emma behind the glass. Now it's just the three heroes and Emma. And I, you know, Wes, maybe you could help me with this. We want, This is a delicate situation, but, uh, you know. Streets you, are talking. Streets talking. What are they saying? The Reddit board is lit up with sep- several different threads about Emma VP several hmm. wow. several th- multiple threads about your prowess on Thursday's show mm. wow thanks guys I appreciate it and and lest we forget that our prior producer the immortal La Cid I'll just leave it here and I don't want this to be seen as a bribe or a future b- bribe of some kind basically got a new car out of being in that chair <laughs> wow. and now ask yourself this is that happening on the Dave Damshek football, program? football uh, I program. can tell you it's not I can tell you wow All right, something to think about. Let's do some news. They may be drinkers, Robin, but they're also human beings. Ah, yes, Adam West, my favorite Batman, passed away this weekend at 88 years old. Uh, I will tell you something about Adam West. That show went off the air 12, 13 years before I was born, and that show is a major part of my childhood, which really Mm. speaks for how that show transcended uh, just the 60s. It was a show on the air for two and a half seasons, uh, two and a half years, uh, and I felt like a family member died when I got the news. I'm way in on Adam West, always mm. was. West, did you watch the old Batman series? Greg, I know you didn't, but... I didn't, you're right. <laughs> My brothers and I, we watched the Batman. It seems like every day it was on reruns after school or something. And I did. I watched the movie. They put out a movie in 1966, uh, and... It's on Netflix now. How crazy it is that that movie uh, is really funny and smart in terms of winking to the audience. And it was playing to kids, but also really on the nose in terms of uh, the things that Batman, his dialogue and talking about drinkers. And it was all geared also towards adults. Adam West, my boy. Now let's do some news. Listen, you didn't think an Adam West eulogy was coming, but no. Here it is. I'm surprised. <laughs> Here we that are. Was more a West type of move. <laughs> Uh, don't put me in a box. Don't put me in a box. Jeremy Macklin's got a job. He's headed to Baltimore, the 29-year-old. Again in the Ravens' nest. I don't want to hear – I'll tell you what. I don't want to hear another freaking thing from Ravens fans because ever since the Ravens' nest became a thing, it's all we talk about on this show. I think some other teams need their own little sound drops. See what happens. The 29-year-old Pro Bowl wide receiver – uh, had to decide between the Ravens and Bills, and he went with the Ravens on Monday, uh, joining Joe Flacco and uh, Marty Mordenweg on a two-year deal. At the time of this podcast, we don't really have the numbers, uh, but what we know is that Jeremy Macklin joins a wide receiver group, Greg Rosenthal, that definitely needed a little more juice. How much juice does he actually add, though? He adds a quality 
pair of hands there, someone that can take snaps, and they needed it. Their number three receiver behind Mike Wallace and Brashad Perriman, whoever it was going to be, was among the worst in the NFL. And I think on this podcast we said they got to bring someone in. Don't be surprised if they do at some point. With that said, he had a bad year in Kansas City last year. They made the decision to cut him. I know if, you know salary was involved, but if they thought he was a true number one type of receiver, they would have found a way to keep him. And I've read a lot of fantasy optimism on him, like put penciling him as a number one receiver there. I don't see that. I see him, Mike Wallace, who had a very good year for them last year, and Brashad Perriman all kind of splitting it up, you know, improving the offense. I don't I don't see him lighting it up and having a, a twelve hundred yard or even a thousand yard type of season though. I mean, it depends which Jeremy Macklin shows up. The one from two years ago who was a legit number one receiver, lived up to his contract, and posted number one numbers with Alex Smith as his quarterback. Or the guy from last year who was outplayed by Tyreek Hill in limited snaps. So it depends which one shows up. But I think it's interesting that two of the best team builders of the 21st century, Bill Belichick and Ozzie Newsom, have essentially reached the point where they have admitted they cannot draft wide receivers. So they just go out and sign veterans all the time. And Ozzie, this is his move. He tried to trade for Terrell Owens. He signed Kevin Johnson from the Browns. He signed Derek Mason, signed Anquan Bolden, traded for Lee Evans, uh, signed Steve Smith, and now it's Jeremy Macklin. This is what Ozzie, Ozzie Newsom does, often late in free agency. Right. He did a great job with Mike Wallace. People, I heard people you know, on Twitter, my timeline, dragging Mike Wallace. People didn't watch the games last year. He was a really good role player who went over 1,000 yards, very similar to the numbers that Macklin put up in Kansas City. Macklin's never been – I mean, he had that one year under Chip Kelly, put up huge numbers. He's not a huge numbers guy, but this gives them a chance. They have some serious holes, and now this is one less hole that they have on that offense. And uh, in other news related to this, so Macklin uh, signs with the Ravens. The New York Jets, of course, are, have already announced that they were lo- looking to either trade or release Eric Decker. They were in talks with the Ravens. They couldn't work out the money, even though Decker was open to taking a pay cut to move to Baltimore. So uh, on Monday, the Jets formally released the wide receiver after three seasons with the team, uh, meaning that uh, beginning tomorrow, uh, uh, Decker can sign with any team, including potentially West the Ravens. It's not. Uh, it's not completely <laughs> inconceivable. This is unbelievable. I mean, I, I, this, is, this is too much. Too much Raven stuff. But we can't control it, Wes. It's not inconceivable. We're being told that the Ravens could also grab Eric Decker, but we'll see if they can make it work. Yeah, that would surprise me. With I don't get that. Wallace, Perriman, and Macklin already on hand. It's not happening. And they have a room full of tight ends even after losing Pitta. Are they heroes? I mean, is Eric Decker a hero? <laughs> uh, it was a room full. Oh, gotcha. Room Ball full of ref. Room full of heroes, our podcast. Right over my head. <laughs> Stepped right on it. <laughs> so all your, a lot of your bits go over my head sometimes, your jokes, so now, <laughs> now you know. Your bit went over my head. So I, that that yeah, whole, like, Ravens still interested in Decker maybe sounded like a, an agent trying to – keep his value uh, afloat after this potential trade in which he was willing to take less money didn't work out. One of the things I was really interested in listening to the Macklin reports, it did not come down to the Bills and uh, the Ravens. It came down to the Eagles and the Ravens. The Eagles, Mm. according to Ian Rappaport, uh, didn't offer nearly as much money as Baltimore, so it probably wasn't a tough decision. But that makes me wonder, maybe the Eagles would throw a little money at Decker, and maybe that means Torrey Smith, I guess, would not have a, a safe spot on that roster in that scenario. Hmm. Am well, I the only one that's thinks that Eric Decker might be a, a – and I know he's coming off two surgeries, but be a better option than Jeremy Macklin right now? Can you tell me why you think that? Just Well, I just – when last time he was healthy, he was as good as anybody in the red zone – uh, he's not old. He just he just turned thirty. Macklin actually so seems to show older. signs of decline last year. Uh, that's why I'm making that case. I know oh. Macklin's had good. I think they're very well. similar. I like Decker better too. I I'm with you. I do not. I think that Macklin showed two years ago he can be a number one. I don't think Eric Decker has ever showed he can be a number one. To, to me, Macklin, Macklin has been a, a number two his whole career. Yeah, he had one year where Except he – for 2015 when he was absolutely the number sure, one. Sure, but it was 1,050 yards. It's the same amount of yards as 
that. I mean, he's a good player. I, I mean, you can throw out stats all you want, but when you watch the 2015 games, he was absolutely a number one wide receiver. Decker Decker has had more 1,000-yard seasons. He's a solid player. They're, they're similar in terms of the levels, and I, I, I do mean, think he can help a team out, though. I mean, I, this is a nice free agent to become available at this time of year. It's pretty rare. He's coming off a hip and a torn no, rope. A major, cuff, major which surgery. Is, which is pretty. And people didn't think he'd be, even be ready to play until week one or, or later. Uh, in other wide receiver news, good news for Giants fan. Odell Beckham uh, was at the team's East Rutherford facility to take a physical on the eve of Tuesday's mandatory minicamp. Uh, we learned today uh, this comes after Beckham caused uh, much, much consternation. Really not necessary, I, I feel like. But, you know, if you're a Giants fan or in that building, I guess you can get yourself worked up by not attending OTAs. He is probably one of the most underpaid wide receivers in football, given his incredible ability. Uh, but, Greg, not a surprise that he is there for minicamp. This wasn't going to turn ugly at this stage. Right? No, this Kim Jones reported it a month ago that he was planning to, and, and he is, and it was, wasn't voluntary work. And I, I don't get we, – we did a whole show on this, what matters, what doesn't, and him missing OTAs didn't matter to me. And he's here, – here's newsflash. He's going to get paid in the end. He's going to get his contract, I bet, before the season starts. Let's break down this consternation that you spoke of. Mm-hmm. 99% media and then 1% split between the Giants and their fans. The media cares way too much about Odell Beckham and what he's doing, and he gets treated like no one else in the business by the media. I don't doubt – I agree with you, and I don't doubt that that the Giants coaches were annoyed because they want total control and they want everything to happen. <laughs> but they also know in their head that Odo Beckham works gonna, harder than anyone else on the team. Right, and it's going to win them games and is an incredible player. So like any workplace, those types of people, they don't, they're not necessarily bound to the exact same rules as everyone else. I don't think you need to worry about the competitiveness of a guy who's putting holes in walls after games. Um, also at Beckham, yes, it's, it's, you know, playing in New York, it leads to a bigger spotlight on a guy. He's also probably one of the big, is he one of the five top stars in the league that certainly yes. Nike believes that to be yeah. so he just got the biggest contract ever for a football player. Uh, so when you're that famous, uh, it leads to this type. I mean, of when you're that famous, you make Instagram announcements that I'm back for like a mini camp. You know, that makes national news, like hashtag, hashtag I'm back. And like everyone immediately, and it is big news. I mean, he's proven right up there with Michael Jordan's letter coming out of baseball. (laughs) I mean, but here's the thing. If he believes it, that it's big news, he's right. Because the second he does it, ESPN's leading sports center and we're breaking it. You know, it's like he's proven right. By the way, can you even imagine the press release and the hullabaloo if uh, Emma made the move? Wow. So wow. she would release a, a statement just like Jordan? <laughs> like two words? Taking my talents to be around the NFL <laughs> yeah. podcast? Ooh, cut no, it would just be hashtag ATNFL on your Twitter. We should we should have you or or some or Sully in an awkward moment cut that as a drop. <laughs> <laughs> there would be. I wonder if it would be a la when uh, Belichick – uh, defected from the Jets to the Patriots <laughs> if it would lead to like a major antitrust lawsuit and it would lead to us having to send first round picks to Sheck to make it happen. Get the cocktail napkin involved. Isn't that what Belichick wrote it on? <sighs> How about that? I resign about that? as P of the as DDFP. <laughs> I resign as P of the DDFP. Of <laughs> By the way, did anyone notice with the o- Odell in his uh, Instagram announcement, he appears to be wearing... Boxers? Boxer shorts? I mean, he should think. I, I I heard what you guys did last week in terms of the indiv- individualized offer code. Oh, yeah. I was told by a shadowy league figure that it was not technically an offer code, but a vanity URL, but it's all the same. Okay. Same thing. Well, you know, Odell should uh, should check out that MeUndy slash around the NFL. Yeah, they are. Join the movement. L- a lot of buzz. Wait, I thought you were on Team Boxers, Greg. Well, I am, but now – they sell boxes, by the way. But uh, now that we've got the code and we, we've got some motivation, hey, look, who was in the meeting there talking to the shadowy league figure saying, get us that code? So you that made I got results. I got results. Needle. You could ask him. 
Move the needle, baby. <laughs> All right. Moving on, Melvin Ingram and the Chargers did some business. The Chargers agreed to terms with Ingram on a four-year contract. The team announced Sunday that the new deal is worth $66 million with And here's a nice number if you're a human. $42 million in guaranteed money. That coming from Rap Sheet. Um, Rappaport reported late last month that Ingram – uh, would consider skipping minicamp and perhaps part of training camp if a long-term deal didn't materialize. But yes, Wes, it has. And the Chargers, again, a team pushing hard is to be the first repeat team of ATL. They got one of their big boys in place and happy. Well, I think if you're a Chargers fan, if you're still a Chargers fan, you didn't want a second, a second straight summer with contract, uh, basically knock-down, drag-out contract arguments with the team. And they had that last year with Bosa. And now, can you name a better tag team of pass rushers than Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram? Mm. I'm trying. You know, Von Miller and Shane Ray, it's a big drop-off. But J.J. Watt and Jadevian Clowney? Yeah, perhaps. Whitney Merciless? I don't know. But th- they're right up there. I think Ingram, he and uh, Khalil Mack are the only two players with at least 50 tackles and eight sacks in each of the past two seasons. I mean, Ingram's been a beast the last year and a half. It, it's a, it's another reminder, you know, be careful of who you really pick on when you're a fan of your team in terms of a first-round pick because fans were pretty tired of Melvin Ingram after his first two uh, years in the league, it took him a little longer to develop. He transformed his body. He kept getting injured, and he dropped about 20 pounds and started getting to the quarterback. He's a fun player to watch, too. He's very dynamic in the running game. Uh, he's a complete player. I mean, him and Bosa for the next – I can see why they would give him money because just knowing those two guys are going to be in your system for the next bunch of years. And it's a different system this year. They're going to be playing defensive end. Usually that would be a cause for concern, but I think, to me, on paper, Ingram and Bosa are a better fit for that system. Uh, bad news to the Detroit Lions. Taylor Decker, their left tackle, uh, underwent surgery for a torn labrum this week. Uh, he has received a recovery timetable of four to six months. Marron, according to Rap Sheet. Do the math there. That puts him back anywhere between October, which would be, okay, we could deal with it, to early December, which is, oh, my God, we lost our blindside protector for almost the entire season. And uh, listen, this is a tough hit. I mean, left tackle, Greg. I'm no scientist. I'm sitting between two scientists today. <laughs> Wes actually dressed like a scientist. Wes is like Casey Joyner, the football scientist, <laughs> uh, ESPN. He used to he used to walk around a media day in a lab coat like that, Wes. Wearing the same shirt as Sean McVay. <laughs> and uh, Wes pointing to a picture of Sean McVay wearing a, a fitted collar button-up. This thing's flowy, Wes. And you got the shirt <laughs> well, underneath it. I'm down several pounds. I was going to say, you've lost a little weight, so maybe that's a factor here. Yeah, I think that's a factor. Anyway, so that's the non-scientist of the group. Left tackle, vital, and now they got to figure out what to do. Tough. It's, it's not just left tackle. They've also replaced their right tackle and another guard this year, so they'll be breaking in three new linemen at three different positions. And as bad as offensive line play has been around the league, it gets even worse when you're mixing guys in and out on a constant basis. Although their, their offensive line going into the year was one of the reasons to be very optimistic uh, about the Lions. You know, Decker had a great rookie year uh, for for a rookie left tackle position. Players have really struggled on coming into the league. He had a, a very solid rookie year, and the the right side of their line with the TJ Lang and and Wagner, the acquisitions they made. That's why they're feeling good. And now you take a huge hit. They have basically no one behind him uh, to fill in. It, it's a problem. Uh, the lines will be an interesting case later, either this week or next. Uh, we will have our first ever over under um, episode over-unders for wins, and people are like, oh, you can't talk about that on here. But what if someone in this room is setting the over-under? You're fine then, right? Thinking out loud here. What, Greg's fine? No. <laughs> if, okay, you know, over-under, over right? It, can't do that. Can't do desert stuff. But what I if guess. the person setting the over-under was inside the studio and was not affiliated with the desert? Yeah, I think I think we can we, – we can – pick our own over-unders. Essentially, our, our what's more likely than some of the other games we do are basically like that. Why don't we just have Mark Davis come up with the over-under figure for each team? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Let's check in on Darrell Rivas. Des Bryant, the Dallas Cowboys wide receiver, sent out a, a tweet a couple days ago uh, at Rivas24. Dallas, I promise you are going to love what we got going on around here. And this is the, this is the one that got me. Your attitude fits our culture. Waiting. 
I don't. This is almost like did Des Bryant fall on the ski slope and suffer a head injury that eliminated 2016, and now he's just waking up and he thinks that uh, Des Darrell Reeves is coming off a season where he was a hardworking. Uh, great locker room presence, exactly the guy that fits the culture of your room. I wouldn't say Drell Rivas matched any winning culture, if that's what he's insinuating. But haven't you haven't you said that for you know every other season but last year, he was as committed and devoted as any player in the he league. He was, he was. I so mean, I mean, but that's why I'm that's why I'm I'm stumping for maybe a major head injury that led to an amnesia situation, <laughs> and he he just missed, he just missed last year. Maybe I mean he's an all-time great who's gone up against him and I'm sure respects his game and that's that's true that's the Revis he's thinking. Well, about. what's the flip side of that? When I read this report, it's like, oh, Des isn't very impressed with the cornerbacks the Cowboys are rolling out in practice every day. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, uh, Serene Williams, who's now uh, with Pro Football Talk, nice move by them uh, picking her up. She reported. Nice she reported. Yeah, great move. Uh, she reported that the Cowboys are not likely to be interested in him. Mm. They drafted a couple guys. Yeah, I don't think – by the way, the your whole Revis – this has been a blood war this offseason. Will Revis get signed? I've been I've been saying it's not happening. It's been quiet out there quiet. on the old Revis front. Greg has some skin in the game not, on this one. Not yeah. a lot of – not a lot. <laughs> He's got that look in his eyes. <laughs> not a lot of Revis talk out there lately. No, I'll, I'll certainly I'll, – I will not deny that. It, at this point, it looks like he doesn't have much of – of a market, but also there continues, and this is one of the reasons you stated that you might not he believe he won't be signed is that he still has an asking price. We'll find out. That's I, my number. That's but that's my reason one, two, and three. And is, but is my reason price one, two, three, and four was <laughs> that this <laughs> big move to top yes, me there. <laughs> gotcha. Was that this was an all-time great competitor who has been run through the ringer and and been told he's a bum now. Look, as an impartial observer, you got to give the edge to the Zeuser there. He went went to four. I'm going to top him, actually. Too late. Reasons one, two, three, four, and five. That's some zero. Oh, no. That's dirty pool, my friend. (laughs) You never go back on five. All right. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Friday night, real quick, the Patriots had yet another ring ceremony. Uh, Congratulations, Greg. Uh, I just want to call to attention one thing. Another reason why I was back east. (laughs) You were there Uh, at Craft Manor. I just want to call to attention one thing that got on my grid a little bit, got on the old Zeusers' radar, that the Patriots have confirmed that there are 283 diamonds in their new championship ring. Of course, an allusion to uh, they were down 28-3 in Super Bowl 51. And uh, I wrote about this on the end round, which you could check out. Uh, obviously, 283 diamonds. That's a nod to re- relentless effort. Never never say die attitude, competitive fire. You know, also a reminder that you were getting your ass whipped for about 72% of that game. And, and so for, you're acknowledging that. And number two, through seven... You are saying uh, you're rubbing that salt in the wound of your opponent a little bit. Just a little bit. You're leaning into the 28-3 thing, which has become an internet. It's obnoxious. Uh, yeah, but who needs 283 diamonds on a ring? Well, that's, that's, well, that's a separate in, conversation. In general, but. these rings are obnoxious in that way. I think you're combining all the Twitter memes, which I agree have become annoying and too much in terms of 28-3, and the Patriots celebrating what is a legitimate thing to celebrate, which is the greatest comeback in professional football history. And that's on the ring too. So that, I have no problem with that. You know, like it's on. You know how they have in the. I don't side think they're the rubbing ring. it in. They're not. They're not sending copies to the Falcons. They, they didn't know that this necessarily would go. <laughs> that would be evil. They're shooting little. <laughs> They're shooting little nuggets, though, to Darren Ravel, the most they, popular business reporter in the world. Oh, let's calm down on him being popular. Well, well the, <laughs> all right. Let's calm down about making it seem like I'm a fan of Darren Ravel. I'm saying we're the most like well-known business, sports business reporter in the game and, and confirming that there are 283 dimes. They want everybody to know. Just a little Sub-notch. Be above it. Be above it, Greg. Be above what? Be above talking about a great comeback? I don't. I, I, I just told. I just said it says on the side of the ring, yeah. like biggest comeback ever. That's totally fine. I okay. get that. But then to two hundred eighty-three diamonds to stop. do the twenty-eight-three thing, it's a little too. It's not. It's not respectful of the uh, opponent, in my opinion. They just slid down the common man rankings for sure. <laughs> 
283 diamonds. And finally, uh, Michael Vick and uh, Roddy White had a retirement ceremony at. I mean, those rings are ridiculous. Not to cut you off here. Yeah. Wade Phillips wore one. Um, he wore his his ring when I interviewed him a couple weeks ago, and they're outrageous. How could you? You couldn't actually wear those anywhere except for, I suppose, you know, for like a television thing. Right. You can't wear those out. Streets will be talking. How long has it been since people thought they could wear their championship rings out? It's isn't it got to be since like 1980. Isn't it kind of a strange tradition too, in general, just the idea of these rings? Yeah. Like, there's a photo of. Bill Belichick that the Patriots suited out, and he's got, like, his fingers out, like Audrey Hepburn at Breakfast at <laughs> Tiffany's, like a reboot. Like, look at me. Like, so, what are you doing here? You're Bill would, Belichick. What are, you, what are you posing like that for? What would you propose is the yeah. new ring? Yeah, I don't like, know. Like, what, what should take the place of the ring? There is something Everybody lame about yacht? The thing I didn't – I thought what you were going to say, what got on my radar was the tweet that was like, here's the picture everyone's waiting for. And it was like, you know, the picture with Tom Brady holding oh, like, yeah, five rings. And it's like, Good job. I guess, was Look I waiting? Emma. I wasn't waiting the for the sonar. <laughs> Emma, you, you kind of like that board too, don't you? It's a lot of – it's kind of fun, <laughs> irreverent, fresh. It's slightly similar to the one in Studio 66. It's like – I mean, mechanically, yes, but in terms of the <laughs> – Content on it. Right. It's, it's a lot more juice. I mean, people don't buy. Remember, Dude. they used to sell high school like class rings, but no one would buy them. I, didn't I buy think one. we were part of the generation that helped kill that. I don't even think that's a thing anymore because no you. one would buy it. Well, right. No one would uh, buy them. And I don't know if they're even around anymore. Yeah, I, I have one. I don't think I ever wore oh. it ever once. All right. That's what's happening in the news. Oh, Greg's walking. <laughs> his, again. his daily drop of something. About what? This. Now, what are you doing? <laughs> I can pick up anything during the show. You don't need to point it out. The list, it's an audio medium. But isn't it weird that you're the only one that ever gets up? I'm, it just shows I'm comfortable in the studio. I'm going to get what you're I want. You're always fiddling with stuff, and then it goes flying out of your chair and your desk. That's true. Greg did a couple weeks ago, called the meeting, and he he was pushing hard to get wireless headsets. And he was like, let's explore this space. We really haven't been doing that. <laughs> with a cowbell situation? Yeah, let's just, let's just, you know, let's get the room. Let's get up and let's get moving. We're like, what is he talking about? <laughs> that didn't happen. All right. That's what's happening in the news. Elevate your underwear game to the next level with MeUndies. What is MeUndies? Ah! Just seriously soft, feel-good undies delivered right to your door. MeUndies are designed in L.A. and made from sustainably sourced micro muzzle. A fabric three times softer than cotton. MeUndies softer than soft undies come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns so you can tailor your undies to your own personal style. Ah! Yep. And guess what? You can save time and money each month with a monthly subscription. The, the copy is a little redundant there. I Maybe we should adjust that. Do you want us to rewrite this? How about this? How will me undies feel it. if we rewrite the copy? I'm just going to pull each month out. How about that? And guess what? You can save time and money with a monthly subscription. Boom. I agree. It was a little extraneous. And if you're not ready for a subscription, who else is doing that, Sid? Excuse me. <laughs> Emma. Oh, wow. Freudian. <laughs> hey, a little Freudian. Is that going to help? That's good stuff. Favorite producer. All right. And if you're not ready for a subscription, that's okay. You can still save. That's because MeUndies is offering you 20% off your first pair. Just use our special URL, MeUndies.com slash around the NFL, and get 20% off your first pair. So go ahead. Revamp your underwear drawer. You deserve it. Once again, that's MeUndies.com slash around the NFL. MeUndies.com slash around the NFL. Good job by all the listeners uh, coming through and showing oh, man. the – power monetarily of our listeners. That was what I said in this meeting. I said, I guarantee you, you, you make the code and pe- way more people are going to buy it. And they were just like, okay. And okay, we, we have confirmed that that did indeed happen. Well, well I, I wasn't seeing anyone. I used our it. instant messaging client in this building recently to check in with one of the women that heads up that department. And I said, we, this is exactly verbatim, we should check with MeUndies to see how many sales were done compared to the preceding days and weeks. The reply, 831, June 9th, I will definitely ask them. Uh, and then she admonished me for saying um, offer code instead of vanity URL. <laughs> now, 
I have not. It is now June twelfth, Monday. We're gonna have to follow up. Yeah. All right. Players at the crossroads. Oh, I'll meet you at the crossroads. That's what we would play right now if we didn't have these arcane rules in effect uh, against copyrighted music. Uh, that's the next battle. Got to climb that hill next to us. How do, oh, yeah. How do we get to the top of that hill? Hmm. I think people might have to die. Right. I think we might. I, was, I wasn't I was thinking death necessarily, but I was thinking we need to just take out some shadowy league. Figures. There's going to have to be human sacrifices. <laughs> All in the name of progress. Uh, anyway, so entering a season, every season, it's the same way. Players that have been stars for years or maybe just kind of get on the scene, but uh, all of a sudden things happen around them and they find themselves at a fork in the road. Uh, and let's talk about some name brands at the crossroads. And Chris Wessling, uh, Prof- Professor Wessling, we're going to call you today, or Scientist Wessling, uh, can you tell us uh, a player at the crossroads? Mm. First guy I thought of was Todd Gurley. A guy whom Brian Baldinger famously said at, at, during Gurley's rookie year, look, my mom can scout this guy. That's how good he was that <laughs> first month or five games when he had four straight 100-yard games. He looked like one of the most talented backs we had seen enter the NFL in, in the 21st century. And for the last 18 months, he's been arguably the least productive running back in the NFL. So it's – his new coach, Sean McVay, saying, look, if you're going to get this guy on track, it has to be an 11-man effort. They've reshuffled their offensive line. They bring in a left tackle. They're trying to turn Jared Goff around to get so- to have some respect and not have eight men in the box all the time. So this is the year. Does Todd Gurley's obvious talent win out, or are we going to stop making excuses for him when he, when well, he doesn't? When so doesn't. what happens? What happens if he's not that guy this year and they're again – Let's say there are, once again, you can make excuses why. Do, do the Rams go back to it again, or do you think they act on it through the draft or free agency? Well, he'll still be under a manageable contract, so you would think they're not going to cut him, but I, you would have to think you have to cover your bases too. You have to go get someone to compete with him. And, and you just start thinking about him differently. And that was the case I was trying to make. I wrote about Gurley earlier in the offseason that, yeah, all that stuff about the Rams is – is true. It was a total mess. The coach is bad. Maybe it affected him mentally. Whatever. If you gave... This is a guy that we were thinking had a chance to be one of the players in the NFL. And I don't care what was around him. If you gave Adrian Peterson the ball 325 times in this second year of his career, he could have been playing with a Pop Warner team or give Marshall Falk the ball 325 times or give, you know any sort of all-time great or a guy who's going to be at the top of the game that many times, they're going to do something. They're going to flash. They're going to play. They're going to show you something. And he didn't really it's a show. little more complex than that. He though. didn't show anything. When you fall into bad habits, take Aaron Rodgers, for an example. Okay. For nearly a two-year period, he went into slumps. And people spent two significant time during two different seasons asking what's wrong with Aaron Rodgers when it was clear that he was falling into bad habits. We knew he was still talented, but he wasn't producing like Aaron Rodgers should. And how much of that is Todd Gurley's talent, and how much is it the bad habits he's picked up the last two years? Yeah, I think the the one thing – I'm not a scout, but the one thing I think you'd like to see out of him would be to make people miss in in small areas and even on the outside. I mean, there were there were plenty of times where he had a chance to beat someone he didn't beat him. He just kind of ran into him, and he wasn't really running over people. Um, I'm skeptical. You're skeptical about We can tell. God. Well, not that he's not. I think he'll be good, but I don't know if he'll be great. I, th- I don't think he'll be a bust. He'll be better than he was last year. What if, so the guy we saw those first five games, that guy's just no longer there? I, mean, I guess if without I had- a major injury, it's hard for me to believe that that guy's just not there. Here's the good news, guys. We're going to find out. Yeah. All right. I guess my thought is maybe he's he's a good He's a good player that we just got a little overexcited about. And so he'll be good again, but just not. I think Wes's point is that he flashed in the NFL, that he was much more than that, and then that guy seemingly disappeared. I'm going to throw a quarterback out there. How about Cam Newton? And uh, brief timeline. None of this is going to be breaking news, but a brief timeline of Cam Newton. An outrageously productive 2015 season that ended with the MVP award, and then it literally ended at the Super Bowl uh, after a great run through the NFC playoffs, and they, uh, they were 17-1 and entering the Super Bowl. And then I think 
things took a sharp turn starting that day in uh, in San Francisco or north of San Francisco. He had the end of the game. He struggled through the game against a great Denver defense. I, I still, when I think of Cam, I do think of that play at the end of the game where he didn't scramble for the loose ball. Uh, I know some people kind of let him off the hook for that, but I, that really left a sour taste in my mouth. The press conference after, I know a lot of people let him off the hook for that and, and said, no, it was the media's fault. It was the, the setup at the stadium's fault. It was the team on the other side of the curtain's fault. That wasn't a good look. But after the, the really sour ending to that season, what happens? You would think some players you know, come back better than ever and refocus. He then has his worst season ever. Uh, uh, and Carolina has a very uh, mediocre season. Uh, he now goes under the knife, sh- shoulder surgery. He's not going to throw in minicamp this week, and you hope he'll be ready for training camp, and that, of course, can cloud this type of uh, tracking the situation, how, how healthy he is. But in general, you wonder if maybe Cam Newton, is it possible he peaked already? Was Is he now kind of in uh, a uh, – Hashtag slight regression. Don't mm. send me down that road with him. But uh, is did we see the best of Cam Newton? And I feel like we'll kind of have a better idea of that after this year. Crossroads, baby. Well, we talked about this a couple weeks ago when Greg mentioned that he's his last three years he's not been a top ten quarterback for two of those years, and he was MVP the other one. <laughs> so is will the real Cam Newton please stand up? But he has never been an above-average passer except for that three-month hot streak during his MVP season. He's always been a guy with with wacky mechanics, inconsistent in his mechanics, and he's not an accurate passer. Mm. And how much, how, how much could, longer is he going to be an absolute physical specimen at that position? He's taking a beating. He's a good passer, I still think. He's not, he has strengths and weaknesses. He's certainly a good deep passer. I mean, I think he has to make tougher he's throws. He's an inconsistent deep passer. Yeah, when, he, when he's throwing from the right arm slot, he's, he's a really good deep he, passer. He, he is so fascinating because, you know, Michael Vick uh, officially retired today, and he was, you know, when he came in, he was kind of a quarterback that no one had ever seen quite like him. And I would say Cam is like that too, just at the physicality, and we don't know how his career is going to – I mean, we would have thought – I just realized we never got back to the Vick Roddy White thing. It's gone in the past. It's fine. Yeah. Uh like that we don't know how his career is going to go after that MVP season. You would have thought, okay, now he's, he's starting his way into Canton. And now I don't know. I think, I think like a worst case scenario is they have a good starting quarterback in Cam Newton. Like I'm not that worried about him, but there's a difference between like a good starter and asset and, and the very top. So is the MVP season possibly an anomaly in his career? Is he just was that just a moment in time, and we'll never see that guy? You actually think that's possible? He's just now kind of like a goodish quarterback. I think he has to adjust his game. Mm. And Ben Roethlisberger is a guy who, to me, is the most similar. When you look early in his career, he had to change the way he played. He couldn't keep taking so many big hits. He had to step back, and they created a new offense under Todd Haley, where everything he gets the ball out faster, and he still has plays where he ad libs, but. Ben's a bit different quarterback now than he was five years ago. I think Cam will figure it out. I don't know if it'll be this year. Maybe it'll take getting a new coordinator there. I don't know. I think he might. Oh, you turn it on him again? What? Uh oh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this. I'm just saying it's been. You know. He. You know. He was the great whipping boy of Greg Rosenthal for so long, and then you begrudgingly came around on him, and now you start. Wrote a big think piece on him. Mike Shula. That was. Uh, oh no, that was Riverboat I? Ron. But you had some no, Shula in there. He had some major Shula issues at a time. I did, and. And Cam, Cam and Shula are are at the hip. I mean, they're kind of one one in the same. I you know I'd like to just see another another voice in his ear. I right. think Cam will bounce back though. How about another player at the crossroads, Greg? Well, I'm going to mention another guy that was one of the players of the 2015 season, and you just didn't see him the same last year. He was on the field, but Honey Badger was not Honey Badger. Ooh, that's a good one. Last yep. year. He was a guy who had Wes couldn't have been more excited about him as as a potential defensive player of the year in 2015, and that was legit. There was really no one in the NFL quite like him with all the different things he could do, just his innate feel for the game, his competitiveness, his instinct, and he, for the second time, was coming off an ACL tear, and for the second time, wasn't the same player coming off of it, and he's admitted in off-season interviews this year um, essentially how frustrated he was. He, he said... 
he's more confident now that he wasn't having fun, that he, he's trying to stay under the radar too. He's saying no goals, no expectations. He was talking a big game last offseason in terms of the goals and all the different things he wanted to do. And he, he even you know alluded to the fact that he lost a little confidence. I think he's such a player that thrives on winning and confidence and attitude that he was sort of in a downward spiral last year. And I think he's shown us he can be a great, great leader and great player for them. And that's what they're paying him uh, to do. They're paying him big time money. That is the biggest X factor to me with that entire Cardinals team. I mean, you got the offensive line, but you really got Tyron Matthew. If they can get the old honey badger back to where he was, that's a different team. Yeah, they're paying him like the defensive player of the year version, and they gave him that contract after the injury. They had to have known, considering his history, that there would be some bumps in the road in 2016, and they had to have been gambling on 2017 and 18. And people say, you know, the the reports are positive. I know it's the off season. The reports are positive. He he looks better this this off season, and that that to me, I've been kind of big on the Cardinals bouncing back, and that would be one of the things that would really really help. That would be. One of the bigger bummers of the last, you know, decade of NFL football, uh, if he never was able to get back to where he was, because he was such a success story and a really good guy. It seems like he got his life uh, figured out. And I remember around this time last year being at the All or Nothing premiere and having like a nice conversation with him, where he just seemed like a nice guy and was talking about coming back from the 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 second knee surgery. Uh, and he was very hopeful that he'd be the same guy, and he wasn't. Hopefully. Because it took him a season last time, too, Wes. And then he was amazing in 2015. Hopefully it happens again. All right, let's keep going, Wes, one more time through, maybe, or maybe a speed round. Oh, let's have some fun. Another player at the crossroads. <laughs> Kronk. Oh. This was inspired by an episode that I missed a couple of go- weeks ago when you guys were all talking about Gronk. And throughout his career, there's always been doubt about him overcoming injuries. You know, well, yeah, he overcame a back injury, but now it's like five arm surgeries. What if he? What if that's arms just ruined? Yeah, he overcame the arm surgeries, but now it's an ACL. He shredded his knee. Well, who's it going to be? And now it's like, oh, he recovered from an ACL and arm surgery, but now it's the back again. What's he? Every time Gronk gets injured, he comes back even better than before. Mm. He is a physical freak. We cannot treat him like other players. He comes back stronger every time. And I'm not saying he's guaranteed to be better than he was before. But I think all the hand-wringing over whether Gronk will ever be, you know, we won a Super Bowl without him. Will he ever be that important to the Patriots again? Well, he's their best player other than Brady. Mm. So forget the crossroads. You're putting this podcast, whoever was talking, on the cross. I believe it was me. You're putting us on the cross. It was you and Greg. But it was I, – I love Gronk, and I as much – what do I? I don't even care. I have no stake. I have no. I have no. Uh, what do they call? It? Give me the gambling. Get in the game. No skin in the game. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying someone. Someone should have been here to point. Oh no, out, I know. Point I know. out I'm, that he has always come back stronger. Um, no, that is absolutely true. I, I said I have no skin in the game because the Jets are basically out of the NFL right now. <laughs> so it doesn't matter to me if Gronk is amazing or terrible uh, this season or it's like or they've hurt. been. They've been relegated. Yeah. So I have no. There's nothing for me to get worked up about. All I can say is I really have. I have doubts now. Uh, whether he's going to be able to make it through a full season. We but it is a crossroads. They did just win a Super Bowl without him. They pick up Brandon Cooks. They pick up Dwayne Allen. I mean, you would think Gronk's still going to be the go-to guy, but they're, they're going to spread the ball around more than they have probably in his career. Reportedly healthy at practices, fully practicing. That's a rare thing for Gronk in terms of offseason. So as a Patriots homer, that's got me optimistic. It's also a crossroads because I think you can – accurately make the statement that nobody has ever played the tight end position at a higher level than Gronk for the past half decade. But if he doesn't have a productive next five years, is he going to go down as a better player than Tony Gonzalez for his career? It is know. It is wild. I mean, I, we should move, but it is wild that they were still scoring. And, and you can – like if they didn't have Gronk, the crazy thing is he is probably the greatest tight end of all time offensively, you know, and yet – they could survive without not getting him. points for defense. Well, no, I meant I meant as a pass catcher, but then I he's also stopped myself. Blocker, yeah, yeah, I stopped myself. But it's crazy they made that comeback without Gronk. Yeah, it was. I mean, listen, and that's why it's so amazing that the old Zeuser over here would uh, uh, include this gentleman next as a player at the crossroads, Tom Brady. <laughs> oh, stop! <laughs> this wasn't on your original list. This, this again? Is this a joke? This is a joke. 
No, it's not a you joke. You had three different names before. I had two. Well, much like Cam Newton, he uh, is in the middle of his career right now. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Everybody could be all sunshine, puppies, and rainbows about this. Crossroads. But football is... Just let me make my point before you two scientists, heartless scientists, shred it. Uh, Tom Brady coming off a incredible season, of course. No gradual decline. Way to go, buddy. Uh, but he will be 40 next year. Now, I'm not going to talk about – I'm not making any predictions about his play. But I'll tell you what. He been, better not gradual decline this season at all or get hurt or give the Patriots any reason to think because Jimmy Garoppolo, it's decision time. I don't see why this is even funny, Wes. Jimmy Garoppolo will be a free agent next year if they do not do something about this. And they they did not trade him. And I'll tell you what, that was – and you guys don't want to hear this because you you got the cookbooks and – you know, you, you, you're signed up to Giselle's Instagram and you're, you're doing your little Tom Brady dance all the time. That's Wes and I. But here's here's the <laughs> truth. The reason they didn't trade him to the Browns for 14 draft picks is because they wanted to wait another year and get to see Tom Brady for another year and then have that option. So Tom knows this. You guys might not know it, but Tom knows why Garoppolo is still on this team right now. And he better not decline or he's going to find himself playing for the L.A. Rams uh, <laughs> sooner than you think. That was beautiful. I don't even want to respond in any way that would take away from that. No, I would now tell me why I'm wrong. I'm serious. Well, because I'm not joking when I say this. I think no, I know. I, think I don't there really is disagree within the organization here. I don't disagree with your points. I was really more thinking there's no crossroads. How much I wanted to happen? No, there's no crossroads left for Tom Brady because he could get hurt or he could play poorly. But he's like 41 years old and he's going to go down as the greatest quarterback of all time with his five rings. And you're right. I, he wants to play another five years. I just feel like the worst case scenario for him is, is you're saying there's no stakes really for him, but that's not true. I'm not saying there's no stakes, but I, to me, he's past the crossroads. Once you've just... established yourself as the greatest player of all time, if he's not past the crossroads, the crossroads come in fr- <laughs> the crossroads come in different place for all players I, I and fe- for the great right. that comes later okay i, get I feel it. like that's to me he's good i feel like that's the take you were summoning up that look it is football they hurt each other they hit each other in every play every player's in for a crossroads every year no no i like that but no i on it because the timing of it the garoppolo timing I mean, is not it more of a crossroads are... year for jimmy g than tom brady no because he's not even going to freaking play he's banged again because he's stuck behind the goat uh, but I'm saying you're all your love letters you, you're you're busy as a pen pal you're writing those love letters to Jimmy G and there's a reason it's because you're in love with his film when you what you've seen from him don't you think the the Patriots are thinking the same thing and, and they see yes. that he's 25 years old they also know that nobody's film is better than Tom Brady so that's not really I mean if I was Bill Belichick and and all I'm worried about now at this point in my career is my legacy and winning more Super Bowls why would I trade Jimmy Garoppolo because your quarterback's going to be 40. I think it's like if months. Tom Brady takes a hit to the knee and is out for the year, God forbid, right. you want the guy who can still wing you. A I think it's ball. obvious they see Garoppolo as a franchise quarterback, right. as a top 10 type of quarterback. So it, they don't want to lose him not until they absolutely why, have to. Why, why get rid of him? Unless the, some teams you can't gonna, pay for them both. I know no matter how. Fine, but wait, you wait another Brady's year at least, is. see what happens. All right, go ahead. Keep Maybe going. they can figure Actually, something out. Before you go, Greg. Let's let's take a brief uh, moment to talk about the 2002 Britney Spears film Crossroads. <laughs> hey, really? Is this the bad news you had for me before the pod that you couldn't say? <laughs> uh, three childhood best friends and a guy they just met take a road trip across the country, finding themselves and their friendship in the process. Of course, directed by the great Tamara Davis. And uh, Brittany, in her first lead performance, Wes, what were your thoughts when you walked out of the theater back in uh, 2002? Uh, I, do, I, I think 2002 was during my 15 years without going into a theater. I definitely have never seen Crossroads. I, de- I don't think uh, if you had been right. going to two movies a week, you would have ever come across Crossroads anyhow. Well, I'll tell you. Greg, did you see it? No, I've not seen Crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, underrated I, cast. Wait a know. second. You guys knew that we were doing the Crossroads podcast today and didn't watch Crossroads? Before? No, but I did listen to Bone Thugs and Harmony. You know who? Oh, yeah. What's up? That's for another little Crossroads. Ref. Yeah, we talked about it earlier in the show. It's good, ref. I like that. 
I was how old was I in 2002? Like 28 years old man. or something. The whole the whole life. I was not the tar- target demographic for the Britney Spears vehicle. How about a young, a very young Emma VP? Your thoughts when you walked out of the theater, uh, Crossroads? Uh, nine-year-old Emma VP did not catch that one. Big mm. Britney fan, but I actually did not catch that mm. flick. I'm gonna go do that. Okay. And so you were the only one who's seen it. I have not seen it yet. You play it again. <laughs> yeah, but I can tell you that Spears herself described it as a teen movie that deals with real issues that normal teenagers live on a daily basis. And one last note, yes. Justin Long, who played one of Lucy's best friends from high school, that's uh, Britney's character, potentially, thought that Crossroads is, quote, like a road trip buddy movie, but for girls. Some big names in this movie. Zoe Saldana, very young. Uh, it's written by Shonda Rhimes, who's turned into a mogul. Big time. Wow. And uh, it should be said that Justin Long was also impressed with Britney's work ethic, commenting that she, quote, could not have been more down to earth. <laughs> Do you believe that? I believe anything I read on IMDb. I, I just like this uh, screen capture <laughs> of a, a young man playing guitar to her on a white on a bed during the movie. Can I That's o- like a good flick. Can I offer an anecdote to partner with that story about Britney, Britney Spears being so sure. down to earth? Sure. We went on a wine tour last weekend while my mom was in town through right. Malibu. And nice. the tour guide was telling us Name that drop. the oldest Hindu temple in the world is in Malibu. And Britney Spears used to take her children there for yoga. It doesn't seem very down to earth to me. Well, well she's you've a woman get, of means. You've got to take your kids to the oldest Hindu, to, Hindu temple in the world for yoga? All right. And the final note on Crossroads. Wow, there's another one. <laughs> Anson Mount, who uh, played Ben, of course, in the film, revealed that actor Robert De Niro, Bobby D himself, ran a few of Spears' lines with him while rehearsing for the film. Mount revealed that De Niro called the singer a, quote, sweet girl and convinced him to do Crossroads. And that has been the Crossroads Minute. Back to you, Greg. <laughs> the Crossroads I, Minute. This, this, was one minute. Of the, this is one of those things like we sometimes throw around ideas before the show. <laughs> and I actually, I'm usually the one that I just sort of come up with things that are, will obviously not never be on the show. And, you know, people laugh or they don't and we move on. I thought that was, that was what this is. But this was oh, really you, on the show. You, you mentioned it as a possibility. And immediately I said that is gold. <laughs> Cool Modi, by the way, in this movie. How oh, you like me now? Wait, we're outside the minute now. Played a bar owner. We're outside the minute. Let's move on to football talk. Greg, come on. Keep it about football. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little crossroads about a, a player that I, again, would have been sure that his career was headed towards Canton on a great franchise. Uh Pro Bowls year after year, all pros year after year, you know, getting into his mid to late 20s. And then what happened to Clay Matthews? Maybe he's already had his Clay mm. Crossroads year. I don't know. But I feel like it's a little too early to give up on Clay Matthews as a big-time difference maker. And there's been a lot of blame in terms of how they've used him. They've moved him around to play inside linebacker and and – hasn't really been stuck at one position the last couple of years. He's turning 31 this year. Maybe that old Clay Matthews isn't coming back. Maybe he was just kind of a uh, a star that went all out for five or six years and then kind of kind of burned out. That that's surprising to me. I would never would have thought that. I I still would think that the Packers can get a big time difference maker type of season out of Clay Matthews, but we haven't seen it. And I, and it's especially a crossroads season because I, I think if he doesn't do it this year uh, in terms of the, the salary that he's making, that then he could be an ex-Packer next year. Mm. I feel like since this podcast started five summers ago, we have repeated every year that this guy used to be a defensive really? player of the year. Yeah, he, this guy way. used to be a defensive player of the year candidate every year, and now he's <laughs> not that guy anymore. I feel like we've done that every single year, and it's been – Are you right? Is that true? It's I been feel, a half decade way. since he was at that level. I yeah, mean, he's right. played in spurts, but he's a guy who's banged up an awful lot. They move him inside and outside. Now he's going back outside, apparently. But, yeah, he's now 30 years old, and it's like me last year hoping Chris Long would be the guy he was at 25. I don't know if you're ever going to get 25-year-old Clay Matthews again. That's fair. You want to do a couple more quick ones and then get out of here? Sure. Wes, what's yours? A guy who uh, sometimes looks like he could be one of the absolute best wide receivers in the league and other times disappears for months at a time, Amari Cooper. 
Who are you? Are you the guy who can lift the top off a of defense, take every pass to the house? Or are you the guy who, when Oakland goes into Kansas City and the weather is not perfect, you just don't show up? Mm. I mean, I, I need to know who Amari Cooper is at this point. Yeah, and that makes sense because, yeah, if he has a season where he's a little up and down and di- and disappears, maybe the Raiders, that's a result of this. Next year they think they they got to get a number one wide receiver, and then all of a sudden Amari's value isn't the same. Greg's Adams' chair again, that pen went down. <laughs> there are too many long stretches when he's outplayed by Michael Crabtree, and that shouldn't happen. Yeah, I'll uh, tell you who he's not is a guy that smiles in pictures. Amari Cooper <laughs> is the most serious player in the NFL, I would say. Interesting. Uh, I will watch. I'll throw out. Ah, I'll hit the hat trick on quarterbacks. Andy Dalton. Uh, we've talked about this, so I don't have to dig into it, but I think it's a very real thing with him as well. I think a lot of people, at least I did, and I think a lot of other people on some level gave him a mulligan for last year because he was so good the year before, before he got hurt, and then they didn't give him the weapons. Now he's got the weapons. Him, like Eli Manning, another uh, similar situation, got to do something now. Uh, and I know the Bengals, don't, they don't, they're not quick to do anything, so uh, maybe he's not a perfect example of this just because – Cincinnati probably wouldn't eliminate Andy Dalton, but I think the seat would start to get hotter under his mm. butt if uh, he if they struggle again, they go seven and nine, eight and eight, and miss the playoffs, and he has another ho hum year. He's only had one truly. I don't even want to say. But he's great, solid. Very he's good cruising year. along. He's Andy Dalton. Is that I would be is sub- that good enough to have a, a twelve year co- uh, career with the team? Maybe it is. I don't know. I, I just feel in, like they in Cincinnati. In Cincinnati, yeah. Cincinnati, they went out of their way to say, Andy, now you can be the guy you were in 2015. If he's still 2016, Andy, uh, maybe he could have some problems. Greg, you. My final uh, one, Sammy Watkins. Hopefully I haven't repeated this on the show. I'm feeling bad about that Clay Matthews. One. No, you're not the only one who said that about Clay <laughs> no, Matthews. No. I think we've all said you're, that. You're right. It was a good point. Sammy Watkins did not have his contract uh, option picked up by the Bills because they don't necessarily see him as a number one receiver. They want to see what he is. He has a good chance to enter next offseason as one of the top, if not the top, player on the scientists' top 99 free Hello. agency rankings for 2018, because it's rare that a guy with this kind of pedigree and who has flashed this kind of talent gets to free agency uh, right in the middle of his career. What's he, only 25, 26 years old? I've seen plays out of him. I've never been totally convinced that Sammy Watkins is a top 10 NFL type of receiver. He's obviously a very good – he has the potential to be a very good receiver if he can stay on the field. I don't know. I've never seen quite the A.J. Green type of potential out of him, but this would be the year to do it because if he does it, he's going to get paid like crazy next year. Yeah, I don't think he's as well-rounded as A.J. Green. He's more of an inconsistent guy. I don't think he's as good of a route runner. But he was also, like, when he came into the league, there were some people who thought that he was too much like a running back and not enough like a pure wide receiver. And I think all of the injuries right. are part of that physical running back style. Right, and is he mature enough? Is he competitive enough? Does he want to be great? He's 23 years old. He's turning 24 this month, actually. He could I mean, still that is be, a young guy. He could still be a Hall of Famer. You uh, never know. It is a crossroads year for Sammy Watkins. And let's, let's cap the crossroads section with one more nugget on the film crossroads. Film made fourteen point six million. Is that good? And it's opening weekend, and and it was a modest success financially, uh, ultimately grossing thirty seven million dollars. Made its budget back. No Crossroads two on the radar as of now, but you never know. Yeah, I mean, it's calmed down a little. That's not a big time hit. <laughs> Twenty seven on Metacritic, by the way. That's pretty. Not not many movies get lower than that. That's pretty low. That's out of 100. But while critics <laughs> frowned upon Crossroads, it did tell a story to many young girls like a young Emma. Who has never seen the movie. That you can you can have a good that time like too, the boys. That you too can go on a road trip. <laughs> and find yourself along the way. Not just the roads and your destination. You know what? Because it's not about uh, uh, the, the destination. So much as it is the journey, the journey, it's the journey. And that's what Crossroads was maybe about. You, you've sold me. You know what else you sold me on? I saw Tropic Thunder. Oh, all right. That's that takes us out of this. Great movie. One of my favorite comedies of the decade. Absolutely loved it. 
I can't believe I've never seen it before. I thought it was one of the best comedies I've ever seen. And now it puts us in a weird spot because, Greg, uh, I have the copy of the D- the Blu-ray in my desk drawer. I've been trying to give it to Greg for literally six months as an act of you like, know, friendship. It's been like a year and a half. Greg, basically, I said, Greg, like this comedy is one of my favorites ever, and I, I really think that you would like it too. Your sensibilities would be a great match. And what do you think it says for that to be just sitting – in my desk. Oh, I think Lex. Greg's sensibilities would be a perfect match for it. Whatever, Greg. When you get a chance. I'll watch it. Yeah. Well, I did take it from you for a while, but then I realized I wasn't. it was during the season, so I gave it back. I uh, even lifted I wa- my ben, I will watch it. I even lifted my Ben Stiller band for it. <laughs> yeah. He, oh, please. He, uh, well, that he w- plays the same jerk in every movie. Greenberg- you can't get it. Oh, I messed this up. I messed that up. I can never do anything right. Greenberg's uh, slept on a uh, little mini classic there. Uh, you have been talking about Greenberg for years. That was – and like that. Tropic Thunder was Stiller's passion project. So you got to give him a lot of credit for that. I, I think he kind of – that was the beginning of the end. But uh, we'll save this for the Ben Stiller podcast. Greg, we ran out of time to talk about your uh, run-in with a famous uh, athlete's wife. But don't worry. We will get to it on a Wednesday oh, show. I was worried. You thought <laughs> you were going to get away with it. Really and wanted, just we're going to talk about really it. really want to jam that in there. <laughs> We will talk about it because it is it does deserve uh, some time. Emma, uh, that's it. But that's up to you, really. Wait, wait, not yet. There you yet, go. Not yet, not yet, not yet. She's feeling. Hey, you awkward. said it was it. No, I mean that's it for us. You joining us for two shows. I think right. Sully's back. Uh, but you know, does it have to be it? I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. I guess see who's here on uh, Wednesday. Yeah, we'll see. We'll so, see like, happens. on the list of people that will get annoyed if they. Here, this show Damashek would would rank high, certainly. You wooing his producer, yeah. And Steve- I think Sully it might rank even higher. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now, cool. Sully understands that he's he's a busy man and he's working with the move the sticks people. And a, a note to the listeners, <laughs> right, Sully? You know you're busy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Sully understands he's part time help. Listeners, snitches get stitches. I don't want a hundred people adding Damashek about this little conversation we've had. Oh, that's yeah, just an invitation them for them to do it. We've just we just having a. There was no for. Hey, did anybody hear a formal offer no. to, to Emma? No, that's what's so great about it. Simply friends talking between a, a pane of glass. Right. That's exactly what it is. Okay. Now now it's time to go. <laughs> I think that we covered our bases there. Stan Hansen signing off for the mailman, the boss, and Emma VP. What a great name. Behind the glass. Till Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.